What's up, Dreadheads? I'm John. And I'm Joe. And welcome to episode 58 of Spread the Dread podcast. This week, Dreadheads, we are covering Randy Kraft, the scorecard killer. And this is a doozy, y'all. Yes. Holy Again, fuck. Again, we let Joe do notes. <laughs> Again, she proved me, she proved every Asian stereotype to be <laughs> gospel fucking truth with the amount of notes that she took. I'm also, sorry. I believe what Vanessa and Chris stepped in and helped us out. Not on the, this one. They're helping with a future episode. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Some mm-hmm. of the Patreons, we got a research tab on the Patreons, and so some of them are helping out. So just thank y'all. Yes. Thank y'all. But fucking everyone with a goldfish like attention span like myself, buckle up. It's going to be a lot here. So let's go ahead and get right into the housekeeping. Uh, again, uh, thank you guys so much. The episode 57. Yes. The Sunset Carol Strip Bundy. Killers, Goddamn. Carol Bundy, yeah. Doug Clark, Ooh. the highest. First week numbers of any Spread the Dread episode or Fright Flick thus far by a margin. So you guys are crushing it. Thank y'all so goddamn much. Absolutely. We don't deserve that kind of attention. No, no. And I promise the algorithm doesn't think we deserve that kind of attention. Anybody who is, is, is takes true crime seriously doesn't think we deserve that kind of... Your favorite podcast besides us doesn't think we deserve that kind of attention. So thanks for proving all of them wrong and letting everyone vibe with their tribe and a fucked up tribe we be um yeah so great numbers on that great numbers for the uh last week's fright flick fuck mary kill where we covered skin of marink uh this this past monday we put out a brand new episode of talking dread where i interviewed horror author james harperson the third numbers are looking great on that go check that one out definitely check out fright flick and the talking dread on youtube because those are videos if you want the easiest way to access everything joe what's the most dreadful site on the internet spreadthedreadpodcast.com that's right Go there. Links to everything. Podcast platforms, YouTube, social media, our store, and our newly launched Patreon. Patreon.com slash Spread the Dread Podcast. No matter what tier you uh, do when you get that, you will get access to the exclusive Patreon-only Discord. It's Uh, not a selling feature, but it is a feature. (laughs) It's definitely not. It's a test of strength. And for as little as three dollars uh, a month, you 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 can have every bit of your sensibilities and moral values completely upended by everybody that's in there. It's almost as bad as Reddit's eye bleach. <laughs> it, it is. It is. It is. This is. It's. It's completely. It's. It's. It's too unpoliced, honestly, at this point. But we've made our bed, and we're gonna fucking lie in it with all of the you gross fuckers out there who think we're worthy of giving us money. So again, uh, check that out. There's also a tier that'll get you free monthly merch. Uh, and a bunch of other perks on there. So, again, that's patreon.com slash spread the dread podcast. Real quick before we get in, I got to read this. This ain't a review. We don't normally do this. <gasps> oh, but geez. we had a guy, a, a, a guy reach out on IG. And I'm just going to read it verbatim for what he said. Quote, as a middle-aged African-American pastor, born and raised in the Deep South, I must say that I absolutely love you guys' podcast. As a Louisiana native, I do have to correct some of your pronunciations. And Thank you. We always appreciate that. So uh, I guess we were pronouncing something Dominique. Down there, they call it Domonique. Uh, we were pronouncing the town of, we were pronouncing it Homa, H-O-U-M-A. He said it's Homa. Uh, and then Lafourche, I'm guessing that's something, uh, a town or some parish or some shit they have down there. He said they pronounce it Lafouche. Uh, so to the Reverend Leslie Jackson in Louisiana, thank you for being a dreadhead. In yeah. case you're right, please say a lot of prayers for us. Please. Absolutely. <laughs> and hey, we just wanted to point out that the dread 
the dread loves everybody. Yeah. And if you feel like, hey, I got to be a sick fuck for liking these guys, there is a black pastor in Louisiana <laughs> who likes it too. So we, you know what? We're all doing okay no matter how we line up in here. I don't think he's listened to enough episodes to have sent us that. <laughs> Uh, but to, yeah, to, to, if he has, then hats off to you for not way. judging us and enjoying the content. Either way, and if everybody, <laughs> if your congregation listens to this and you start thinking less of your pastor, how dare you cast a stone? <laughs> I know enough about the Bible to know Jesus didn't play that shit. The Reverend Leslie Jackson down in Louisiana don't play that shit. And as a member of his congregation, you shouldn't play that shit. <laughs> Does that wrap it up, Joe? Yeah. All right. To all of our dreadheads who are pastors and not, buckle up for episode 58, Randy Craft, the scorecard killer. All right. I love her. She's half Asian. She can't drive very good, but she can certainly start off an episode. Fantastic. Joe, kick us off with the background and bio of one Randy Stephen Craft. We'll talk about that later. So, Randy Stephen Craft. You are the, I would, that's why I drive. If we go places, I drive. I drive most of the time. You are, and, and, and I mean this in, this in double sense, offensive because you offensively speed. <laughs> And offensively don't care about other people, but you are also an offensive driver where I'm a defensive driver. Oh. It's true. Ooh, Go ahead. No, no, no. Anyways, Randy Kraft was born March 19th, 1945 in Long Beach, California to Opal and Harold Kraft. Opal. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. I know. He had three older sisters and these sisters and his mother loved to fawn all over Randy because he was the only boy. Loved him some Randy. <laughs> his father, Harold, stayed busy with his work as an assembly line worker and so his father kind of chose to show affection just with the women of the household, leaving Randy to yearn for male attention. All right. He was recognized as a bright student that excelled in school. He attended Midway Elementary, where his intelligence and good grades actually allowed him to take advanced classes, like okay, gifted so. classes. So a smart guy. Probably why his body counts so high, Dreadhead. Yes. So yeah, get ready for that. Um, after which, he then attended 17th Street Junior High School, where he took accelerated courses there as well. That's right. Now, as we get into high school with Randy, uh, he was interested in politics. Politics, which right there lets you know he's a fucking psycho <laughs> and was a staunch Republican in his early life. I'm not going to comment on that. Uh, they're both wings of the same bird. And if you don't believe that, tune out. I was both of those things at the beginning of high school. I was a I was a staunch liberal when we first got together. Remember when we first oh, moved in? Yeah. We had our first argument because you had a George W. Bush biography book. And I was like, why you got that fucking war criminals <laughs> book in here? And now we and no longer like, give and a shit. And we had a big old fight because I was like, you must like John Kerry. Fuck John Kerry. Yeah, well, and now you're a libertarian and I don't care anymore, so I don't know. Uh, by the time Randy was uh, was entering high school, his sisters had all gotten married and left home. Again, he was the youngest, so, you know, they, they moved on and did their thing. Uh, Opal and Harold were busy with their jobs. They, uh, they you know, I guess the, the girls were gone. They were down to the last kid. As the last of three, the parents wear out. <laughs> I know I, I host Fright Flick with my eldest brother, Jay, and my other brother. They all, you got it so easy. They took it so easy on you because you two wore them out. <laughs> they were tired of whipping ass and groundings by the time they got to me. They had to let it slide. They didn't have the fucking strength anymore. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this left Randy home alone most of the time. And he had the house, the car. Uh, and, and, you know, he was also working a full-time job on top of all this. So he had it all to himself. So he had... A lot of things to uh, at that age to get into some trouble if you wanted to. Yes. Now, he attended Westminster High School. 
apologies, dreadheads, where he started the Westminster World Affairs Club. That sounds like one of those fucking Klaus Schwabby fucking, we gotta, <laughs> we gotta fucking reduce the population kind of titles right. right there. Uh, Randy was a skilled tennis player and a saxophonist too. So this guy. This guy sold at nearly everything he touched. If he want, yeah, if he puts his mind to it, he can do it. Again, that does not bode well for his future victims. Uh, he occasionally dated, uh, but some teachers and even some of his other pupils and peers stated that they thought he was gay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I played saxophone. I'm not gay. We love our gay dreadheads, <laughs> so I don't think it had anything to do with the saxophone. If someone was over there touting being in the brass section with your tubas and trumpets and being like, well, you're probably playing a fairy-ass woodwind <laughs> instrument. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> What were you about to say? I was going to say that uh, one of my best friends growing up in Illinois, and Lucas, like I was actually going to say is that his all his family members were female and they fawned over, loved, and he lovey-dovey'd him from like a really young age. His mom actually even knew he was gay by the time he's like two or three years old. She used to tell me that. She's like, oh, I knew my little faggot was a faggot. <laughs> oh my was God. Two. This is what she would say in front of Lucas and then Lucas would kiss her on the cheek. Like Lucas and her were like that close. But it's that whole thing of kind of being involved in an environment where you're only seeing feminine traits and not having any kind of male attention like he did that kind of divulged well, itself only, you know that, but i've also known straight men that had a lot of effeminate qualities that either mm-hmm. a you know only their mother was around or it was a highly female household where like them and their father were the only ones dad was working a good bit and things like that so yeah. they took on more feminine qualities and traits because that's what they were around and things of that nature too Uh, around his junior year in high school randy began going to gay bars without his parents knowledge he had access and money why not well, I mean, I've got money. I don't just go to gay bars, though. <laughs> I you act like, like, well, if, he's got a, if you have a certain amount of money, you're just going to go to a gay I'm bar, I'm saying I'm throwing that ingredient in and mixing it on in. Hey, fucking, you know, fucking put it in and rub it against what you want, dreadheads. You know we hate all of you equally. Uh, he graduated June of 1963. He was 10th uh, in his class and was the top... 2.5 percentile of his class so yeah. again he he's out there he's he's playing tennis he's tooting saxophones he's blowing dudes at gay bars and he's making good <laughs> grades dreadheads you can do anything <laughs> if you have the drive and passion of a randy craft just keep it positive because he, he he does not stay positive no, joe tell us about college for randy yeah so randy actually attended the prestigious claremont men's college on a full ride scholarship yeah, for- men's college huh yeah boy now i'm learning at the gay <laughs> bar <laughs> getting, getting fucking room and bored at the gay bar i hear you randy um he actually uh, studied economics in 1964 he actually joined the reserve officers training corps and demonstrated in support of the vietnam war he also started working as a bartender at a local gay lounge while he was in school so at this point he's pr- i mean I he's mean, starting the, to come you, you, out you did the notes is, is randy craft gay yeah Okay. All right. Well, that's yeah. what I to say. I mean, everybody, you know, everybody, everybody's got their time. You know, yeah. everybody's got to figure shit out. But, yeah, uh, this, he found, he figured this it out like in high school. He figured it out. Okay. Yeah, yeah, good. yeah. yeah. Right. Well, you know, good. We're, we're fucking pride. Here we go. Here <laughs> well, go. he even attempted to come out to his family by bringing home, like, quote, unquote, guy friends from school, um, but they never caught the hint. So, Randy, people named Opal and Harold, you're going to have to lay that shit on thick. Well, they they were, are old school. They are very traditional, staunch Republicans and Catholics. Right. So, like, they had no fucking clue. Well, not only that, but a lot of the way it was even back then you you had that you had your people who were severely anti-gay and would disown a motherfucker which is just awful 
But you also had some that basically took a don't ask, don't tell kind of parenting approach to it where, okay, we, we know he's, we know he's fucking gay. It's clear he's gay. We don't want to talk about him being gay. He brings it up. We shrug it off. We act like we're not seeing it, not hearing it. We love our son, but this does not gel well with a lot of our personal beliefs, but we're not going to, we're not going to abandon our son. So we're just going to fucking put the head in the sand and let it be, which is, you know what, if that's the best you can do, that's way better than fucking abandoning your kid or turning to the fucking streets like an asshole. Yeah, absolutely. Do what you have to. But um, actually at this point in time, Randy also switched political affiliation. Um, stating he was a conservative from his upbringing because of his parents, but he no longer shared these ideologies. He even campaigned. Started figuring out that every guy he was fucking was a Democrat. (laughs) And he was just like, wait a second now. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He actually even campaigned um, tirelessly, as he stated, for JFK and even received a personal letter from him. Yeah. Gotta love that, man. So now we've got at least two serial killers that I'm aware of because Gacy... Well, he got to meet Nancy Reagan mm-hmm. for all of his stuff. And now we got Randy Kraft. Getting- really? Reagan? Nancy Reagan. Yes, she did. Wow. Yeah, there's okay. pictures of him with Nancy Reagan. God damn. I'd spend if a I'm minute. wrong, dreadheads, I'm, I, I'm only wrong about the which first lady it was. But for a for a, for 100% because he was doing so much in his community. It could be my brain trying to place him a little bit older and not into like the late 70s, early 80s. I could be completely wrong well, fair myself. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, he frequented Huntington and Laguna Beach to pick up male prostitutes. And this is actually where he fucked up for the very first time. He ended up propositioning an undercover cop and got picked up for lewd conduct but the tra- the charges were actually dropped since it was just his first offense now by 1967 randy had flipped the script at this point he had traded in his you know clean cut appearance for a mustache and longer hair and randy even stated that he had frequent headaches and stomach upset by this point in his life and he was prescribed painkillers and tranquilizers and much of the time he was actually mixing alcohol with these prescriptions and Ugh, if you know anything about that not yeah good. not good not good Ever fucking smart. No. So to no surprise, Randy's drug use, his drinking habits, his gambling habits, and his like, you know, kind of his out all night kind of lifestyle caused him to neglect his studies. He ended up failing a course that pushed his graduation back by eight months. Okay. And I have to, sorry, it was not Nancy Reagan. It's Rosalind Carter. So it was Jimmy Carter's wife. Okay. So I I was thinking about time. Okay. No, you're right. Because Reagan was in the White House from like 80 or something like that. So, and he he took over for Carter. If I'm yeah. yes, he yeah he won. He, Carter had one term. One term. Then yep. went Reagan. So yep. yeah, it was Rosalind Carter uh, that that John Wayne Gacy got to meet. Um, yeah. So anyway, all right. Okay. So <laughs> all right. So uh, wrapping up some of the background, Joe. Uh, after graduation, Randy uh, he took the Air Force aptitude mm-hmm. test. He's conquered gay bars. He's conquered college. He's conquered <laughs> saxophone. He's conquered tennis playing. Time to fly a fucking jet because Randy Kraft. Up until this point, <laughs> is a badass fucking dude. Yeah, yeah. He's kicking some ass. He's got life by the horns, and he is literally fucking life, especially if it was an oiled-up guy, uh, which it probably was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he ended up passing with a very high score. Yeah. Uh, again, no a surprise. Astonishingly high st- score by what some people have accounted. Right. Uh, he ended up rising to the ranks of airman first class. Now, at the peak of his career, Dreadheads, he made the decision to, to fully, finally come out to his family. Yeah. Uh, obviously, his parents were very traditional, and they were upset. So he was no longer just bringing dudes and fucking booty shorts He's and tank like, tops I'm home. Gay. Came up and was like, "I like dick. I like it. I love it. I want some more of it. I've had a lot for like past eight years. Y'all ain't fucking known it. 
I've been I've been playing ten. I've been playing with more than tennis balls. <laughs> um, but uh, but his mother still showed him re- affection regardless. Yeah. Uh, his family did eventually accept him. Yep. Uh, but but the relationships changed obviously. So they they again it's they one of those accepted it. But like how you were talking about, they probably were just like, oh great, glad. All right, change of subject. We love you, but this makes us right, feel but, uncomfortable. But, but, but dreadheads, you got to remember this is the late '60s, almost into mm-hmm. the early '70s. Man. Especially the world for a was a lot different. Catholic family like yeah. that. That is fucking huge. That from they Wyoming. His him. parents were from Wyoming. Of course, yeah. Opal and Harold were from fucking Wyoming. <laughs> I know. Jesus Christ. I wonder how long they lasted in that fucking sin basket of California. <laughs> uh, so by 1969, Randy's favorite year, uh, he was released from the Air Force for medical reasons. Now, he later uh, went on to say he was released because he had come out to his high ranking officers again. Back then, don't ask, you don't. No, that, this was before that. Oh, Clinton, yeah, Clinton they were implemented right. that beforehand. Yeah. You did not. You came out as gay, like they would. They would fucking basically psychologically get you out of the fucking military if they needed. They actually to did them on medical discharge, so that makes more sense now for why they did that. Psychological problems. Yep. Oh, he's mm-hmm. gay. You know, again, if you don't, if you don't remember that old show, Mash, you had that yeah. one guy who was well, I forget his name, but he dressed in drag and shit like that because he was trying to convince them that he was crazy, so they would send him home. Because they weren't going to let that shit fly. Uh, Randy then moved back home and returned to a uh, the part-time job he had when he was at the, the local gay bar where he was bartending. I mm-hmm. think he was doing that during college yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, and he took a new job as a forklift operator to help supplement some of his income. So... He's, you know, he's, he's, I think at this point, Randy Kraft's getting his first taste of defeat. Mm -hmm. You know, he's excelled at everything. He's done well at everything. People have probably been nothing but of high praise of him. And to be but fair, he's all had this two com- negative situations encompassing his homosexuality. What's so, that? Uh, his his parents, the negative reaction technically, and now the negative reaction of the Air Force. So now he's starting to get a little bit bitter towards life. Right, right. So 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 break down around roughly like nineteen seventy one to seventy five. Now this yeah, so is we're this is kind of out of timeline a right, little bit. Right, but this here. is this also overflows a bit yeah. with with the start of. His Randy murders. Kraft doing some shit, but yeah. but we, Joe again, she did the notes, and I, this is a, a way to set some stuff up to kind of see where where what leads to some stuff and things like that. Yeah, so um, Randy Kraft actually had two very prominent relationships. So one ran from 1971 to 1975. Um, at that point in time, he actually moved to Long Beach to pursue a teaching license, and this is where he meets Jeff Graves. That relationship was purely sexually driven, and they actually eventually sp- uh, split up due to varying expectations out of the relationship right now about a yearish later 1976 to 1982 remember those years he met jeff ceiling and he was a 19 year old baker at the time Kraft kind of led that relationship where he kind of you know he was the older one he he kind of right. like drew him along and, and he, he actually, was the daddy yeah exactly <laughs> I didn't want to say that but yeah you're right yeah there's so, dreadheads out there that know exactly what I mean <laughs> all of them went mm-hmm <laughs> <laughs> um so he and Flute stealing to por- uh to kind of perform more reckless sexual behavior for the six years that they were actually together and it's suspected he was Kraft's accompli- accomplice during some of these murders but no evidence could actually prove this. All right, Dreadhead. So, again, I told you this was going to be a longish one. Mm-hmm. We're, we're kind of getting the background of stuff like that. Now, give us we, – we're going to break this down because he's known as the scorecard killer. Yep. And there's a reason for that. 
Um, but we're going to cover some links. So we're, we're, we're going to cover some that may be linked to them. There's good evidence that they were, mm-hmm. but they weren't officially connected before the trial. Some were connected after the trial. Some have been connected even after his appeal in 2000, where he, the, his conviction was upheld. So right. yeah, this is so, all over the place. So now we know who Randy Kraft was. What happened to him? And again, I I really find this one interesting because there's really not the background here to support the man that he becomes. What you instead have, and there's a few that are this example, you have an extremely intelligent individual who has succeeded at everything he's attempted, Mm -hmm. suddenly gets a little bit of taste of defeat and maybe feeling a loss of power that he had. And because of how smart he is, uh, what was it? Kemper mm-hmm. was one of the His IQ was through the fucking roof. He's one of my favorite ones to talk. We're going to do him eventually, but he's kind of pop culture now. Yeah, so we'll yeah. get to him eventually. But you, there's no background here to support. Now, I've seen, you, you, you've you've yeah. done the notes, so mm-hmm. I don't want to spoil anything. But Dreadheads, you can see here, we're talking about this guy. And we're talking about an insanely prolific serial killer. Mm-hmm. And you see where it came from. It takes all shapes and sizes. Buckle up, bitches. It's time to get into some fucking murder. So like John just said, we're going to be covering the victims that were actually linked to Kraft's scorecard, but they may or may not have actually been included in his final charges. All right, yeah, so with, with that said, that's, that's as much warning as we can fucking give you yeah. on this, Dreadheads. I think we've, we've emphasized it as much as we can. So Joe, go ahead. Start out again. When we're talking about the relationships, the two main ones with with uh, with Jeff Graves from 71 to 75 and with Jeff Sealing. Well, but both of those are Jeff's. I just realized that <laughs> probably a thing he had. But, but Jeff Sealing from 76 to 82. These are going on while these crimes are yeah, being committed. Yeah, there is some uh, absolute overlap. So right. the very first victim that we know of is Mar- on March 1970. And this is Joseph Allen Fancher. Alvin. Uh, oh, sorry. Alvin. Goddamn. Yes, Joseph Alvin. Alvin Fancher. Yeah. He was 13. He was actually drugged, beaten, Jesus. and repeatedly raped. He ended up escaping when Kraft actually went to work, and charges weren't pressed only because the teen admitted to taking the j- drugs that he ingested voluntarily, and he hadn't disclosed the actual sexual assault. To be fair, though, at this time frame, had he expo- exposed the sexual assault again, you're talking about the early 70s, and we've we've had a few of examples on this mm-hmm. where anything dealing with homosexuality yeah. during that. Oh, was, you're the victim yeah, because you did it to yourself. Absolutely. You go there, you know, they, through yeah, and through. They took it. Well, maybe if you, if you weren't gay, maybe this wouldn't have happened it's, to you if you thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah shitty uh, shitty oh, era yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Fucking now, garbage. Now, the very next victim, October 5th of 1971, was Wayne Joseph Duquette, 30 years old. His body was discovered along Ortega Highway, but evidence of, of the actual sexual assault was lost during decomp so the body had actually putrefied or wet rotted oh, <laughs> before i don't like it was the discovered. word putrefied it and i i dislike the word wet rotted even <laughs> fucking more kind of glistening looking that, you know the the body goes different colors and uh, gets bloated it's great oh, god damn <laughs> duquette was a bartender at a gay club called the stable Ooh. and that his scorecard entry was stable yeah so i break down a little bit and i'm sure it may get further in but break down what the scorecard is real quick yeah. 
because all of these have if they are these if he murdered every them, they single have, one of them had a scorecard entry. They found had a them code all. name basically. Yes, yes. yes. So so he what he would do he had an encoded list so it wouldn't tell this specific name. Smart on his part, you know somebody of an IQ of one hundred fucking twenty seven. Right. Um. He would actually use like words that kind of describe who they were or where they were found or you know some part of their history. So and he was, would know who he was talking exactly, about when he revealed nobody it, else. Or yeah. When he reviewed it. Sorry. Yeah, and that's why there's such a discrepancy between who he was actually, um, you know, uh, charged with and even a few that were actually found out after even the trial. So they still, so are there some names, I guess? There that are they still, still they, 16 they names that are not accounted for. All right, sorry, I didn't want to skip ahead to the notes, <laughs> but I did want to break that down because on, on the murders here, you have them, what they were listed as on the scorecard. So I just wanted to make sure all the dreadheads knew what we were talking about. And this is the most up-to-date scorecard names as well. Um, so obviously this brings us to December 26, 1972. And- the day after Christmas. What a bastard. Yeah. Edward Daniel Moore, 20 years old. His body was actually discovered beside the 405 freeway at Seal Beach. And Moore was a Marine. And this, keep in mind of that, it's a trend. It's a thing he's got with Marines. Servicemen. Yeah, he likes them in uniform. Oh, well, yeah. you know. <laughs> they, are, they are dapper. <laughs> uh, Moore was a Marine. He was stationed at uh, Camp Pendleton. Now, the abrasions led investigators to believe he was actually pushed out of a mu- moving vehicle. His wrists and his ankles had actually been bound and his face had been beaten in and he actually had a sock stuffed into his ass. Wow. He'd been bitten several times and was strangled with an object, you know, kind of garroted, I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah, you've seen it with piano wire and stuff like that. Some things you can, I mean, obviously, I guess... they didn't know what it was. Some things you can strangle with if it's if it's thin enough, it can actually take the head off, like a real piano, wire. piano yeah. wire. That'll do that, or yeah. But so he was. Yeah, it's so so just pretty much strangled. like using a tool to strangle. This scorecard entry was just listed as EDM for obviously the his initials, initials of Edward Daniel Moore. Yes. Okay, gotcha. Uh-huh. All right, dreadhead. So February sixth of nineteen seventy three, we got our we got a John Doe, mm-hmm. uh, age somewhere between seventeen and twenty five. Uh, which you can see here, I'm noticing age is not a pattern. It's not a it, thing for he, him. It falls within it falls within a um, an age bracket. It, for the well, most part, the first part, one was 13. I mean, even though they didn't he die, he has some that are teens. Fucking goddamn! Here yeah. we go. All yeah. right, so uh, this John Doe's body was discovered along uh, Terminal Island Freeway, so that's near the ports. Uh, strangled to death, and also had a sock inside of his rectum anus asshole whatever you want to call it uh, but th- that was the case so now his possible this is again they, they, they're still trying to figure this shit out to this day possible scorecard entry was harikari mm-hmm. uh where do i know that from the japanese thing where like they get no that, that's seppuku when they gut themselves no 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 this is different this is like where um god damn it i can't I, i'm I'm struggling to find the words for it. I can only think of what was it? The Cubs announcer, Harry, Harry Carey. Carey? <laughs> no. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that no, I, that's literally what I thought of when I read it. But no, like Harry Carey, um, it was a misspelling, they think. Oh, and that's okay. why I say possibly because he's way too intelligent to have done to a misspelling. But they think it's after some Japanese ritual and it's um, actually spelt instead of K A R I, it's K I R I. 
K-I-R-I. Yeah. Yeah, Harry Kiri. Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah. So fair enough. All right, so now we're a couple of months down the road. We're April 14th of 1973, and the next victim is Kevin Clark Bailey, 17 years old. Now, his body was discovered along the uh, road uh, around about Huntington Beach. He'd been emasculated. Dreadheads, for those of you who do not know what that is, emasculation is not when you browbeat your fucking <laughs> husband in front of his friends. Feels kind of that way, but there's a reason why they use that turn of phrase because emasculation is castration. Mm -hmm. So that's cutting off. That's just cutting off the testicles, though, right? Or can it be considered the I same? I think it if can be both. And I, you know, what's funny? I actually looked it up, and I couldn't find a definitive explanation. But I have a feeling that he had been like, "Nope, taking dick and balls both." Right, off. right, yeah. So, yeah, so he had he castrated Kevin Clark Bailey and sodomized. Uh, Obviously, anyone who knows that one, Ainley raped him before actually uh, killing him. Now, this scorecard entry was named Airplane Hill. Mm -hmm. uh, we've also got in April of 1973, another John Doe, age unknown, that uh, the dismembered body was found in Wilmington, California. And no other information is really known, but the scorecard entry for this kill is listed as Wilmington. And they still don't know the um, the identity of this person. Yeah. So now I know you. This your notes are the most up to date. Did, did when you were looking at the notes, like when were the notes most recently updated? Do they have a year or a the, month and year? The most recent I had was two thousand and seven. Okay, and I got to imagine with a lot of this taking place this far back, it's probably not getting a shitload of attention anymore. Now, uh, it, it so some of the some of the notes or some of the updates came from when he tried doing that appeal in two thousand. So and kind so of reopened but, everything exactly. At that point. So people are like, okay, well, what other bodies have been found? What other can we you know what other cases can we link? And so sometimes that's where some of the notes come from. I got you. Now moving along with nineteen seventy three, July thirtieth, Ronnie Jean Wybe. Weeby, W-I-E-B-E, -E, if there's a pastor who's black in Louisiana <laughs> that knows how to pronounce that, besides the great Reverend Leslie Joe, uh, was it Leslie, oh, fuck, why do I you forget his, his name up, no! His, his first name's Leslie, because I think, personally, that's a badass first name for a dude, Leslie, but it is Reverend Leslie Jackson. Jackson. Out of Louisiana, but if someone knows, I'm going to say Weeby. Uh, he was age 20, his body was discovered along a ramp uh, off of the 405 freeway as well. Uh, he had marks on his wrists and ankles that suggested that he was suspended yeah. while still alive. So whatever Randy Kraft did to him and stuff like that, he he had him strung up. His scorecard entry was nineteen. Was sorry, nineteen was Seventh Street. Yeah. Now back to what I was previously fucked up saying. Closing out, literally and almost figuratively, 1973, December 29th, we have Vincent Cruz Mestas, age 23. Now, Mestas was a bisexual art student, so he was just ambrosia. Out and proud. To someone like Randy Kraft. I mean, this guy was just the bee's knees. Uh, and he was known to frequent the gay bar scene in the area. His body was discovered in the San Bernardino Mountains. His hands had been severed. They never found his hands. No. 
So the hands are gone. So I'm guessing it had something to do with the keepsake, but they never found the keepsake yeah. or something like that. Or Randy eventually was like, yo, I need to really let go of these hands because <laughs> if they find them, I am fucking I'm smoked. Yeah. I am dead to rights. <laughs> uh, and he also had a sock stuffed up his ass as well. And his scorecard entry was Vincent M. So he's not as creative on some of these. Maybe he knows less about them or and something like that. this is kind of early on, but you'll see they get they become more and more like kind of cryptid. All right. Well, yeah. they, 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 I'm looking, I don't know about you guys, but I'm looking forward to it. Joe, take us into 1974 because Randy Kraft is nowhere near fucking done. <laughs> yeah. So in 1974, there were specifically three bodies that I couldn't distinguish an exact date of disappearance uh, or a body discovery. But the first one is Malcolm Eugene Little, age 20. He was a flound along a highway with a foreign object in his rectum like the others. But his scorecard entry was teen trucker. He wasn't a teen, but he must have been a young-looking fella. Yeah. Um, James Dale Reese. Randy Kraft thought he was a, <laughs> was a teen trucker, obviously. And he probably has something and to do with hitchhiking been, and stuff. I must say, it could have been that he picked him at a truck stop, yeah. thought he was a lot lizard kind of thing. You know, you never know. Um, that brings us to James Dale Reeves, age 19. He was found along a highway, again, with a foreign object in his rectum. And his scorecard entry was Twiggy. So okay. that was, from what I could understand, what I could actually find, I think that was one of his nicknames because he was kind of long and lanky. Yeah, but I'm not say, 100%. I've heard that name before. I think, wasn't there someone in the Manson family that was nicknamed Twiggy or something like that? Wasn't I, there I, a band member in Marilyn Manson's band? Well, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Remember, they yeah. used to take their first names you're from right, stuff yeah. and then their last name from like serial killers. The the member you're thinking about is Twiggy Ramirez. Yeah. I believe he was the bassist. Yeah. He went on to be in a perfect circle as well. And then I think. Of course, you would know that. I would. I'm so fucking sick. <laughs> It's so pointless. Nothing is going to... Humanity will not benefit at all at the fact that I locked... My family's not going to benefit that I locked that into my brain. But here we are, and I pulled it out for a fucking podcast episode. Continue on. So that brings us to Roger uh, Edward Dickerson, age 18. Again, found along a highway with... This time with bite marks. His scorecard entry was MC Laguna. All right, so moving right along to 1975. Boy, he didn't wait long after New Year's Day. January 4th of 1975, the next victim is John Laris of 17 years old. Now, Laris was a high school student that was last seen uh, boarding a bus uh, in Long Beach, California. Now, his body was discovered at Sunset Beach, again with a foreign object in his anus. The constant of this happening would suggest, and I don't know if he did it out of passion or trying to be smart, because would this not to you as a cop be seen like someone's targeting gays in a hate crime way? No, actually, and it actually goes back to the fast, uh, fact that he spent time in the military. So it was a common practice to actually stuff like, you know, like cotton or like paper into the nose and into the anus to keep the body from purging if it's if it's dead. So it's probably something he's seen. Holy fuck. Yeah, you real? didn't know that? Yeah. Uh-huh. Of course I didn't pr- know that. I'm sorry. It's a I know <laughs> bass players from Maryland Manson from the 90s. I don't know pointless shit like forensics. <laughs> No, I'm just saying. Okay, it's then a, I would have been a, a rudimentary, cop. basic practice of the military that they'll stuff the body that way to so keep it from like to do with the homosexuality. Mm-mm. 
See, to me, this uh, no, because you got to think about him transporting it. He doesn't want those bodily fluids inside of his vehicle, so he's in there stuffing the nose and stuffing the anus. But they're so only mentioning the anus. They're not mentioning the nose, the mouth, or anything like that. It, it comes into more like as he gets a little sloppier, you'll notice that it starts coming up later in his other crimes. All right, all right. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I need to buckle up then. Here we go. <laughs> all right. Uh, evidence shows that uh, Kraft actually had an accomplice with this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the drag marks with the or that were around the body uh, had two sets of footprints shoe prints with it and eyewitnesses saw two men on the beach uh the scorecard entry for john laris would be listed as skates now january 17th of 1975 uh craig wow that's a last name jonah itis i would think i don't know j-o-n-a-i-t-i-s craig j i'm gonna call him uh age john itis like you Information or infection of a John. Dude, I have that often. They really need to come up with a cream or something for that. Uh, His body was discovered in the parking lot of the Golden Sales Hotel. That sounds classy. Not. That sounds like the place with a fucking heart-shaped tub in their classy Like the one we got over here in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Do we? Yeah. Oh, we That's their selling point is like they have heart-shaped tubs. Oh, we got to go there someday. Me, me and you have never made love <laughs> like I wouldn't will. want to I don't think well, Rock Hill's got a prostitute ring like I don't know if I want well, the STDs I'll find, one of those big, I'll find one of those fucking awesome sex workers over <laughs> there, there you go you do heart shaped hot tape uh, I deserve heart shaped hot tub sex Joe <laughs> I'm 38 years old god damn it I need something you know what I'm saying got all these goddamn kids <laughs> Fuck, anyway, here we go. All right, Golden Sales Hotel along the Pacific Coast Highway. Uh, he'd been strangled with uh, with some object, uh, suggested again to be something like a shoelace. So obviously something that is small, mm-hmm. that is going to leave pretty thin abrasions and stuff like that, but it's not sharp enough to sever, sever. or cut. Yep. It's, it's solely, usually if you use like a piano wire or something like that, you actually aren't you know, suffocating them or choking them. You're sawing through windpipes and shit like that. Yeah, so again, arteries, a small yeah. object, but it is being used for strangulation. Mm-hmm. Now, this scorecard entry was, uh, you know, golden sales, which sounds like a really dirty sex act. <laughs> like, yo, yeah, I know, I, you know, I know you've tried Roman golden showers, showers but. <laughs> You ready to step your game up and get a golden sale, motherfucker? I'd be like, who no. No, <laughs> not, not at all. I don't, at I, all. Actually, I don't even have follow-up questions for you to describe to me what that is. I'm terrified <laughs> to know. Uh, March 29th of 1975, we got Keith Crotwell, 18 years old. Now, boy, we got some info on here. Here we go, dreadheads. So, Randy Kraft lured Keith Crotwell and Kent May into his car. Uh, gave him some beer and some Valium, you know, just a standard Saturday night for most people, uh, and drove around until they passed out, which, you know, beer and Valium, I would imagine, not, not that long of a drive. <laughs> Kent May, uh, who survived this encounter, later recalled feeling... You know, catatonic as a result of of this mixture. So he was like, "Yeah, bro, I was fucked." Yeah, catatonic was his exact response. I just felt catatonic. So two friends of Crotwell and May witnessed a distinctive black and white Mustang uh, come into the parking lot and shoved out the passed out Kent May in the parking lot. Shoved him out of the passenger door. The driver then sped away from the scene. 
Uh, the, and they also witnessed uh, Crotwell. So they saw another man slumped against the uh, the driver's shoulder, and this would you know this would be Keith Crotwell. So he had got rid. I don't know why he drugged both of them and then changed his mind about Kent May, but he did. And Keith was unfortunately was the one that was chosen on May eighth of nineteen seventy five. Uh, Keith Crotwell's skull was found near the Long Beach Marina. The rest of his body was found roughly six months later. So, again, we've got a ton of unusable evidence and things like that. This body is fucking wrecked. Um, The two friends of Crotwell and May, who had seen all this go down when he had dumped uh, May's body out in the parking lot, uh, suspected that the murderer was someone that frequented the Belmont Shore gay bar. They searched their neighborhood for the black and white Mustang and found the car less than a mile from their house, wrote down the license plate number and gave this information to the police and the vehicle was registered to Randy Kraft. So we're on to something here. Yeah. Kraft was brought in for questioning. The coroner only had uh, Keith's skull at this time. Again, remember, there was six-month you know, gap between mm-hmm. finding his skull and finding the rest of his body. And had marked the death as an accidental drowning and Kraft was released, score car entry, parking lot. Yeah. And this, I've got to believe, goes a little, uh, the moment that the gay scene got brought into it. Mm-hmm. The coroner's already said accidental drowning. That's great. You guys have all this shit. They probably brought him in for questioning purely as a fucking show. They already had their cause of death from the coroner who made that decision without any of this evidence being presented prior. Yeah. And just like fucking Frozen, they let it go. Yeah, absolutely. Joe, New Year's Day, 1976. Tell us about it. Because yeah. Randy Kraft, he's not slowing down dreadheads. So the only way that... Um, I feel like they always get more amped. Like once they, once they, you know, he had to have gotten amped from getting brought in and got fucking away. away with I it. I mean, that is a lot of evidence. Yeah. The fact that you got two witnesses, mm-hmm. they claimed the car, then they went and found the car, got the license plate, found the dude it's fucking registered to. But the thing is, is there's really no clear evidence. All you can, all, the only thing that that shows is that that was the last person that he hung out with. What if he got so fucking fucked up or drunk that night that he did, it was like, oh, I'm going to go take a swim and fucking died out there in the water. If the body is going to sit out there in the water that long, yeah, sometimes it decomps to the point where it could get thrashed against rocks and That's then all of a sudden enough. the head and gets I'm, taken off and i'm looking through the lens of hindsight yeah because we know exactly we, you know, he the coroner did the best he could with the evidence he had at the point of the time fine. of the skull that's fine i'm just saying i to me i'm not blaming the coroner i'm blaming the cops for being like well the coroner's already said it's this yeah fuck yeah off. The, he should have been on their fucking radar from that moment on and he wasn't that's the problem there that's where go. the police fucking dropped far the ball. more eloquently said than what i said so, okay <laughs> january 1st of 1976 yeah Joe. so the only information we have and it's the only thing that links um uh, the score is the scorecard entry for mark hall 22 he was put in as new year's eve right so i'm you know so yeah so boom there we go now he takes the rest of 76 off yeah doesn't mm-hmm. do much maybe maybe he got that well, one th- yeah so yeah he goes from january to december so we believe at this point in time fair enough fair enough because yeah. this is all we have up to date so yeah okay december 76 yeah yeah that brings us to paul joseph fuchs 
I, won't, I kept on wanting to say fucks, it's, but it, I don't know. I would say fucks, fuchs, fuchs, F-U-C-H-S. Yeah, age 19. He was listed actually on Kraft's scorecard, but the body was ne- has never been found to this day. Um, and his entry was uh, expletive deleted. Expletive deleted? Yeah, so I have no idea that I could not, I, I even tried zooming in on the image and I could not make out what it said. Do you think maybe it was a swear word and the research had it listed as expletive deleted? Yeah, or it was just like... F- uh, on on the image of the scorecard, did it look like it was two words? Yes, it did. Okay, I mean, but maybe it, so. I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out, so yeah. um, I just left it as was, but he did have a scorecard Then entry. we got another large gap, because we now we just moved on from December of 76 now to April 16th of 1978. 1978. Yeah, like a huge gap, and that brings us to Scott Michael Hughes, age 18. Um, Hughes was a Marine and was actually given Valium and booze like the others, and the body was discovered along a freeway ramp in Anaheim with unexplained fibers. Now keep that in mind because it'll go it'll come into play during the trial. All right, so keep yeah, lock that in your memory, yeah. dreadheads, about Michael Hughes 18 in April of 78 with the unexplained fibers yeah. on him. Joe, go ahead. Yeah. His ball sack had actually been cut open and his testicle has been removed. Wow. Yeah, yeah. He went yeah, he went ham on this one. He was strangled and likely it was actually again with one of his missing shoelaces. Right. His scorecard entry was named as Euclid. I don't know why. Okay. I, yeah. Fair sometimes enough. I don't have a full explanation as to why. Yeah. Um, June 11th of 1978, Roland Gerald Young, age 23, his body dis- was discovered emasculated and right. with several stab wounds. Now this may this sounds like the first time we got stab wounds though, from what I'm seeing. Yes. Usually, except for the harikari. The okay. Harikari. Yeah. Fair enough on yeah. that one. All right. But definitely this is not part he, of his normal mo. Yeah. So he has this weird like mo when it comes to his victims. And with the way in which he like tortures them and in which way he kills them, like they only vary by like plus or minus like three degrees. Right. Because like, it seems like most of this, the final kill is strangulation. Most of the time. Yes. Yeah. But, yeah. but again, it, we're, we're seeing age brackets all over the place. Mm-hmm. Like it, it looks at this point like Randy Kraft just really wants to kill. <laughs> they have to fit a couple of criteria, yeah. obviously be male. Well, sometimes it was just hitchhikers. Uh, sometimes it was out. Of, it seemed like it was out of opportunity. The age gap ran from teenage, um, mostly up until like uh, mid 20s. And he only has one or two that were even outside of that, like older. But right. you could also then pull from those like older ones. that Oh, OK. They were in the service or they were hitchhiking. So it depends on the victim. They, they fit some. Emma, exactly. Form. Fair enough. OK. Um, so, yeah, um, this brings us to Roland Gerald Young, 23, his body, uh, dis, uh, yeah, the emasculation. Now, abrasions show he'd actually been pushed from a moving vehicle. This is another one of those. Exactly. So, this checks another fucking box. Crazy. Um, and his scorecard entry was jail out. And from my understanding on that one is that um, Roland Young actually at some point in time had previously been um, imprisoned or had been okay. put in jail and that was a reason why he named him as such. Gotcha. Okay. So June 19th, 1978 is... A week later. Yeah. Week later. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. He, he'll truck through Make him sometimes. Yeah. Richard Allen Keith, age 20. Um, he was a Marine from Carson, California and his body was discovered off of Pulton at Highway, or, I'm sorry, Parkway with 
with fluoracepam and alcohol froth in his throat. So it was recently shoved down his throat and it was still kind of residually gotcha. there. Okay, all right. Um, his ri- wrists and ankles showed signs of being kind of tied up and he'd been strangled with a ligature, likely shoelaces again. Right, that's not the first time we've seen some bondage going on. Again, there were some people that it, they, they, they could tell from the marks that not only were they bound, but they were suspended from their bindings yeah. and things of that nature, which again... He was into torture and he was into the sodomization. Like right. he, he, there was some a specific sexual gratification things that he needed to do. Yeah. Now on this one, he got really uninventive. The scorecard name was just Marine Carson. Yeah. So again, a Marine that was found that was from Carson, California. Exactly. July sixth of nineteen seventy eight, we got Keith Arth- Keith Arthur Klingbeal. 23 years old. Now, Kling Bill had been hitchhiking through the area, and he was discovered alive along Interstate Five's free uh, the Interstate Five freeway. Uh, he had ingested large amounts of acetaminophen and booze. Craft uh, had burned his left nipple off with a car cigarette lighter. That was back when they you, they encouraged you to smoke <laughs> yeah. in an American vehicle. They gave you everything, so many ashtrays and a, and a lighter right there, and had been strangled with his own shoelaces. He died shortly after arriving, though, at the Mission Community Hospital. His scorecard entry: hike out LB boots. Yeah. I don't know. I was I Again, was trying yeah, to figure like, out if he was from like Laguna Beach or um you know he there had was a been boot hiking brand that was called or LBs. if he was wearing boots like I couldn't find anything. I tried. Right. All right. So September 29th of 1978, we got Richard Anthony Crosby, age 20. Body was discovered north of Highway 71 in San Bernardino, uh, and he was last seen hitchhiking home after take, you know, taking in a movie in Torrance, California. Again, this is still a, a, a big age for hitchhiking his left nipple had also been burned off with a car cigarette lighter so now randy's doing other shit he's getting away with so many murders at this point it's still the virtue of torture oh for sure yeah for sure and trust me please anybody feel free to burn off one of my nipples versus fucking castrating me i will i don't care if you're gonna kill me or not let me have my balls when i die I mean, that's not too much to fucking ask. I don't personally fucking think. What's Randy Kraft? But he's a cunt. So, you know, we'll go ahead with that. Uh, now, this scorecard entry was listed as Torrance. Again, so he he got to, he picked the hitchhiker up. He tells him about his night. Hey, I was just checking out a movie in Torrance. Oh, cool. There's your nickname. Yep. There's your scorecard entry right there. Yep. November 18th of 1978, we got Michael Joseph Enderbyton. 21 years old. Now, Enderbyton was a uh, Long Beach truck driver, so maybe that goes back to the teen trucker. Thought he was a teen, but he was 20 years old, so he could have been a truck driver himself. Yeah. Uh, this body was discovered along I-605, castrated, sodomized, and with burn marks. So yeah. he did all the whole fucking shebang. Yeah, and I couldn't, I couldn't find specifics on exactly where he was burned. They just said body uh, burn marks throughout the body. Right, and his scorecard name was Dart 405, likely for the 405 freeway, but he maybe he picked him up on the 405, but the body was, was found the, around the 605. 605. All right, dreadheads, I told you. 
Joe went Asian as fuck, and we got a lot of notes. But again, Randy Kraft's been one we wanted to talk about for a minute, but there is a, a lot to fucking talk about yeah. here. Normally, we'd be wrapping up an episode almost by this point. We're almost we're, we're approaching an hour in. Dreadheads, we're a little we're a little more than halfway. Yeah. So Sorry. pause this, smoke a cigarette, crack another beer. I don't know what to tell you, but smoke keep a your, joint, but whatever you do. It's not time to unbuckle, bitches. It's time to make sure that that fucking seatbelt is firmly fasten joe take us into june 16th 1979 that's a good year good smashing pumpkin song <laughs> yes that's uh the year of donald harold Criseld, age 20 he was actually a marine um whose cause of death was originally listed as acute alcohol poisoning i guess some benzos or something like that was involved like he the had other a plethora of fucking prescriptions. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, so his body was discovered along the 405 freeway with rope and burn marks on his body, uh, indicating he was actually tied and tortured before being dumped. His scorecard entry was Marine <laughs> Drunk Overnight Shorts. I could not fucking figure that one out. That's, I just kind of chuckled at that I one. like to think that it's pretty obvious. He was a Marine, he was drunk, they hung out overnight, and dude was wearing shorts. Yeah. Probably jean shorts. <laughs> I feel like Marines like <laughs> jean shorts a lot. Like that fucking episode of uh, it's always it's sunny. sunny yeah yeah when he came back from the war get him a pair of fucking denims but you gotta take them off sometimes you can't you can't wear them every day <laughs> so um next is august 29th 1979 and this is keith anthony jackson this dude 21. has murdered some keiths this is at least the third <laughs> keith i don't personally know a keith yeah we do who remember 10 toes Joe, that was well over almost a decade and a half ago. I'm saying right now, we don't know a Keith that we could call up. No, no, we don't. This motherfucker's killed three so far that I can remember, and I've been drinking. <laughs> just, I don't know, if there, we got any dreadheads out in Cali, let me know. Are there just a shitload of Keiths bouncing well, around the there? Well, the interesting part of this is that he was actually an English tourist, so he was like from oh, so England. Keith. Yeah, there you go. K e e f, like Chief Keith, the rapper. There you go. Yeah, but they say it different over there because they're cultured. <laughs> uh, body parts were discovered in a trash bag behind a Union seventy six gas station. The head, torso, and left leg were the only things ever found. And his scorecard entry was originally thought to be seventy six, but they have since said his scorecard entry is England. Yeah, he fucking he fucking. Randy went to work on that one yeah. like, like he had a personal stake in the fucking revolutionary war against this fucking <laughs> Brit. What a fucking... Yeah, that one's rough compared to most of what exactly. he normally does. Jesus. So September 14th, 1979, we have Gregory Wallace Jolly, age 19. His body was discovered inside uh, within Lake Arrowwood with his uh, dick and balls, head and legs having been cut off post-mortem, yeah, he's luckily. Def he's definitely trying more and more stuff here. You'll see that later on i don't want to completely give it away don't. but he's trying to throw people off of what he's doing at again, this point again there's the geniusness he's yeah. he's like he's purposely because there's other killers that are in the same areas and around the same time oh, yeah. so he's like trying oh to mimic some of that shit exactly Dude, yeah i mean because honestly at this point like his mo is that he has no mo apart from them being roughly within an age break but again even an age range of of you know high teens to mid 30s 
that's still a pretty big age range for mm-hmm. what a lot of serial killers MO, want. And his MO varies just exactly. enough to I, put it in a question. Exactly. He, he was fucking smart as Dude, shit. It really is. And I again, hate it. that's why this episode's fucking long. Yeah, so his possessions were actually later found in Kraft's home, and his scorecard entry was Lakes MC. Gotcha, okay. So November 24th, 1979, we have Jeffrey Sayer, 15, last seen alive at a bus stop in Westminster, returning home from a date with his girlfriend, and his scorecard card entry was just Westminster date. So so Jeffrey Sayre was was not known to be gay then. No. There's some who are not known to be gay. Right. They weren't all just gay. I guess I just kind of glossed over a lot of these. He's not picking up. But I guess then also I'm like, well, why are you in the car with him? But again, hitchhiking is very prominent at this time. It's just that's the way things were. So, yeah. Okay. So, so all right. We're done with 79, Joe. Take us to 1980, February 18th. Yeah, so February 18th, 1980, Mark Allen Marsh, age 19. Uh, Marsh was actually last seen hitchhiking towards Buena Park, and his body was discovered decapitated along Templin Highway. His hands had actually been severed post-mortem. I could not figure out that the hands were there the or hands, not. Right, yeah, because I don't we've already know. got another pair of missing hands that were never found. Exactly. So I have no idea about this one, and his scorecard entry was marine head bp so i want to kind of preface it this uh next little bit of a section uh, as a portland business trip at some point in time he um randy Kraft became a computer programmer and would actually occasionally be sent on site um right because the last job we really kind of know about is being was a in bartender the bar- well that yeah, but then he went to go begin to get a teaching yeah. thing in the early 70s yeah uh so yeah at some point i, I Again, he went to become a teacher. I'm going to assume he did. Yeah. There's nothing so far that Randy Kraft has wanted to do. That or maybe he's he changed done. his. Maybe he changed what his degree was going to be because he got his bachelor's in economics from Claremont. So maybe he was able to go back and get like associates in programming yeah, pretty who, easily. I don't know. Right. Right. But um, we're not sure when he transitioned in this role, obviously. But that was the purpose of him traveling, and this is why it brings us to Portland. Yeah. In uh, 1980, dreadheads, don't forget the first one was March of 1970 so at this point randy Kraft. i mean again we, you just listen to him mm-hmm. at this i've lost count of the fucking victims at this <laughs> fucking point but it's now over a decade of getting away from or getting away with this yes and it's just going to continue right on yeah so this brings us to july 17th 1980 and michael sean o'fallon age 17 Michael's actually from Denver and had been hitchhiking around before going to college, you know, kind of getting in his getting in his last hoorah before he starts. Now, his body was discovered hogtied 10 miles south of Salem, Oregon, and his scorecard entry was Portland, Denver. But additional incriminating evidence was that a camera with his mother's initials was actually later discovered in Kraft's home. So he kept a keepsake of it. Yes, he did. Okay. So July 18th, 1980, a John Doe aged between 35 and 45. So now we've got potentially one of the oldest victims so exactly. far. Exactly. Yeah. So he, that's what I'm saying. He's, he's, I hate saying it like that. It's like he's really fucking intriguing. No, he is because we've always sat there and said, I mean, again, you're, you're dealing with people who are literally psychotic. 
Mm-hmm. So, but you sit there and you're just like, but he know, has such a lot, a high level of intelligence. You're like, I completely get why he did what he no, did. No, because we've, we've talked about that when mm-hmm. when they when they stick so much to an mo, like they need to kill people of a certain age, sexual orientation, yeah. race, background, lifestyle choice, career, all these things that these that the previous killers we've covered in 57 previous episodes at this point. Mm-hmm. You sit there and you're like, man, if, if some of them, if you would have just done one where you could have fucking put a little bit of thought into it and thrown them off. Yeah. Randy Kraft is that, that dude. Yeah, exactly. So again, like I said, John Doe, 35 to 45. Um, the body was actually discovered along the Woodburn Freeway outside of Portland. Now, again, toxicology showed a lethal dose of Valium and Tylenol. He was strangled with a ligature following one of, you know, obviously Kraft's MOs. And his scorecard entry was Portland ECK. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because well, again, we, we, is it initial? He likes to use initials, but this is a John Doe who still hasn't been identified. So yep. you know, did did Randy know his full name? Yeah, was he just a hitch, a random hitchhiker with those initials? That's my yes, only thought. Exactly. And so far, he's putting Portland in front of both of them to kind of signify that. Yeah. So but that won't continue because no. again, he's seeing. Oh fuck! I've got a pattern forming here. Time I to switch need to it, up. it up. Exactly. So August twenty third, nineteen eighty, Robert Wyatt. Loggins, age 19. Loggins was a Marine. Again, he likes his men in uniform. He likes Marines. Yeah. There's other branches. I mean, Marines are hot as fuck in those uniforms. I'm not going to lie. They're hot as shit. Look, in those... I got two brothers. One's National Guard. <laughs> one's Army. God love them. I don't. I don't believe in everything the government does, but I fucking love my troops because I'm American as fuck when it comes down to that kind of shit. So I'm gonna stand. In, I'm gonna stand and be like, you know, fuck that. Army dudes and National Guard dudes. <laughs> if you if you're gay and you want to murder somebody, they're the hot ones. <laughs> just just make sure it's not my family members. <laughs> So the body was discovered a month after Kraft had actually returned to California Neil El Toro Marine Air Base. Now, again, this is kind of, we're jumping a little ahead. Photos and negatives actually found later in Kraft's home show a drugged or dead Loggins on Randy's couch. And it's possible Randy um, actually picked up Loggins on his way back to California. Gotcha. Okay, because I was going to say, I was like, was it his couch in Portland where he was staying on business? But no, so it was showing and that was me at piecing his house together. in Cali. Yeah, that was me piecing together shit, so that's as best as I could do, y'all. Um, now, again, uh, his scorecard entry was MCHB Tattoo. And he's used MC before with Marines, so I'm going to think that Marine if, he, if he, yeah, Marine Corps, if he knows for a fact that that's what they were. Exactly. April 10th of 1981. But then there we go. There's another one that's, but again, is is this, and that, that fits more into the fact that he actually was not killed until Randy came back to California, because so far, everyone that he's actually killed in Portland has Portland as the beginning of their scorecard exactly. entry. Exactly. I think that was on his trip back. Yes. I think that was the only reason he, he picked him up maybe between, uh, maybe he even actually picked him up in Oregon, but by the time he got oh, him back to California. To, to hitchhike. Yeah, his, back in the day. Yeah, especially. Yeah, I mean, free love and fuck yeah. It would have been 19, awesome. so yeah. he could have been having dreams of going to Cali and shit like that. I mean, it's 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 cliche, but it's cliched for a reason because it really did happen a lot. Yeah, but it does play into the fact that there was pictures taken at Randy's house right. in California on his couch. So we also have another one, Michael uh, Klucks, age 17 on April 10th of 1981. His body was discovered along the Interstate 5 Highway near Goshen, Oregon. So Kluck was actually hitchhiking from Kenton, Washington to his intended destination 
location of Bakersfield, yeah, California. Yeah, so as I just said, you know, there, there you go. Another Someone one. Go, Washington going all the way. I mean, yeah. Bakersfield is, is, oh, is hey, in and I live in LA. Oh, hey, I live down here. Yeah, come on. Right, you know, exactly. It's really easy. Um, so he had actually 31 blunt force fucking trauma wow. hits caving in the back of his fucking that skull. That is brand new for Randy Kraft. Yeah, it's like a crime of passion at that point. So again, he's I, fucking most, throwing shit off, man. Yeah, because again, we got to remember, this is a highly intelligent guy who really does not have the background trauma that anybody who knows even a, a modicum about true crime serial killers mm-hmm. knows what the kind of background you can expect from most of these people. Randy does not have that. By all accounts, he had a great upbringing. He's smart. He was successful. Really, and I don't mean this in a negative way, the only detriment he had wasn't being gay. It was being gay during the time period he yeah, was being gay. Yeah, the suppression. Exactly. But that's it. Yeah. There's nothing. He had a great well, dad okay, so who was there was, was one thing I didn't actually include in the notes. And it was like the fact that like when he was one years old, he actually broke his own collarbone um, making a fall. And then when he was like two years old, he ended up falling down a pair of stairs and knocking himself unconscious. But it was at such a young age right. that I don't believe personally that that actually could have caused enough fucking brain damage in order for him to kind of um, get away from judgment well, but it would have been evident at a much younger age but he was perfect up right. until he had the freedom so right. that's the difference that's well, why I didn't include that. it and I was I mean, like no no no, no. Again, this is not a, brain damage he, he had a lot of freedom in high school mm-hmm. he was working full time he had the car his parents were busy at work he had the car he had the house to himself yeah that's Dahmer this shit, this you know shit, what I mean? yeah but, yeah, but Dahmer was fucking doing he, he shit he was already starting to do shit right so again Again, like it just it's just I don't know this guy's blowing my fucking mind and again it's it's one of those where you have someone where it's almost like they're I mean obviously he is psychotic to an extent because he's doing this kind of shit but he's not it's like he's not doing it because he's psychotic it's like he's like fuck you I'm smart enough to get away with this if I yeah. want to yeah. and he's fucking proving it for more than a decade now yeah absolutely um, so Michael Cluck 17 April 10th 1981 uh, body discovered near Goshen Oregon blunt force trauma he had actually been raped and beaten his scorecard entry was portland blood and it was said that there was so much blood and obviously like you know brain matter that that's why he they believe that they named it well, as yeah, such again, like we scene. said he had not i mean he 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 had done castrations and so mm-hmm. he, it's not like he hadn't had some bloody murders but again this is the one that tipped that scale towards like crime of passion oh, because yeah. of the amount of fucking hits that he oh had taken. Yeah, yeah even like a defense attorney mm-hmm. would try to prove like temporary insanity or something something like that when you have a murder with this many yep. st- well, I mean this is blunt force hits but stab wounds etc yada 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 yeah once you get past a certain point of accession they're like oh no 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 yeah, that's this passion, was a crime of passion. Yep. They, they were temporarily insane that's a common defense yeah. for something like that so August 20th 1981 was Christopher we're wrapping up Portland <laughs> Christopher Allen, uh, Allen Williams age 17 Williams was known in the area as a male prostitute his body was discovered in the San Bernardino Mountains with a phenobarbital and benzodiazepine in his system. His cause of death at the time was suffocation on his own mucus. So would that be like from like vomiting or like the froth that can come from the OD exactly that it's 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 just the mucus um production from ODing because your body's trying to expel it yeah. but you have to think that Randy Kraft like shoving things in to prevent it from cuffing, coming back up true um so in his scored cart entry was left as Hollywood bus 
Mm. Yeah. Now, at this point in time, obviously his business trip is over. He is going back to Cali. I'm going, back. going, going. I knew you'd back I... to Cali, Cali, Cali. That's exactly why I titled this section that I knew you'd know the song. <laughs> God damn it. Go. July 29th of 1982, Dreadheads, we keep rolling fucking along. Bear with us. We're still going. Raymond Davis, age 14, fuck me running. I, I really, I fucking, I don't like any of them, but when it's these young teens, it really fucking sucks. I think sucks. it hurts because we, we have a kid that's close to being a teenager. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, Davis was last seen looking for his lost dog around the Echo Park area mm-hmm. of California. His body was discovered off of the Rampart Boulevard off-ramp. It was hogtied, just like O'Fallon up in Portland was. So mm-hmm. again... That was the first time we had seen bondage. We had seen bondage strung up. But again, if anyone knows about hog tying, that's a that's a different, that's a very specific way of binding somebody. Mm-hmm. So now we have the second instance of this. But again, O'Fallon was in Portland, another state away. You know what I'm saying? I mean, as long as California is, it might as well have been two states away at that yeah. point. Yeah. And that was done here on uh, young Raymond Davis. And he had been strangled with his shoelaces. This fucking sucks because there's almost a double entendre yeah. to the scorecard entry he was filed under, which was dog. Yeah. Obviously, he was looking for a lost dog, but then, you know, fucking the, 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 the I don't know. I know. It, it, like it turned my stomach. You know exactly. Yeah. Now, the crazy thing about this is on the same day, 40 feet away from fucking Raymond Davis's body, they find Robert Avia, age 16. Wow. He had been missing only eight days. His body was discovered extensively fucking decomposed with stereo wire that was around his neck and his scorecard entry was only put in as deodorant yeah that's that's awkward like did he have deodorant did he need deodorant was he buying deodorant like i don't know i mean it, it, you're talking about the fucking 70s and like you know i'm thinking we're about in, we're in 82 i now. mean sorry 82 yeah, <laughs> but like the end part of 70s is... the early part of 80s and like you know people not wanting to wear deodorant i don't know i yeah. don't know As again we're trying to pick open the mind of randy Kraft. that is also <laughs> that is one insanely brilliant or maybe the fact that he was so decomposed i didn't think about that until just now he was so decomposed maybe he needed deodorant Mm, that's gross all right, so he's back from Oregon at this point, and this brings us to November 1st of oh, night. back to Oregon. Back to Oregon, yeah, sorry. he left Portland, went back, back to, Cali. to Cali, now he's then going, ba- going, 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 <laughs> back to Oregon. That doesn't rhyme as well. No, That's why they didn't make that song. <laughs> Feel free. All right, go ahead. So November 1st of 1982, um, there is some discrepancy. I couldn't find exactly if it was just Arne McKeel or... Arne Lane or just Lane McKeel. I'm just going to put that out there. So you're giving all three names. Ex- Arne, Arne Lane McKeel. Yeah, every possibility right there. Sounds a little foreign. <laughs> exactly. Age 24, McKeel was actually from Modesto and was hitch- hitchhiking to Orange County. Go see. But the body was not discovered until January of 1984 near Ramona Falls. Oh my God. I could imagine the state of that body. Yeah. That's almost two years. That fucking was probably years. like deteriorated clothes and the skeleton by that point that's yeah. two years a lot of goo yeah, yeah well gonna... at, maybe at the bottom under like through the clothes anyway, maybe. anyway, anyway. Ugh. <laughs> scorecard entry was listed as sd dope and i do not know why 
Then we come into November 29th of 1982, Brian Witcher, age 26. His body was discovered along Interstate 5 Freeway near Wilsonville, Oregon. Um, it was He was actually pushed from a moving vehicle. So now we got another one of those. First time in Oregon that we've had this, but this is, I think, the third time I can think now of an actual... There's Dead a moving victim. vehicle yeah, pushed you, out you of had passenger. The, what, Kent May that was pushed out, but he that was because he I, you know he had this friend over there, another Keith, yeah. that he was going to take. But yeah, so he's okay. And it plays into the idea that that craft actually had an accomplice. And if you think about these years, there's not quite the possibility of 82 since he broke up with his last boyfriend several uh, years prior. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. So again, um, a pu- pushed out of the vehicle, but he had toxic levels of alcohol and valium in his system. And the cause of death at the time was actually only listed as asphyxiation. And his scorecard initially was Portland head. So I don't know if he received head. I have no goddamn idea why it was listed as such, but it was linked back to him um, for whatever reason. Well, and, and he broke up, him and Jeff Sealing, his his second long relationship ended in 82. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're talking about at this point, obviously we're at the end of 1982, so it's safe to assume more than likely him and Sealing, because remember they were they were they were together like sixish years. Yeah, uh, Randy was kind of pushing him into more sexual territory he didn't wasn't necessarily into. He yeah. was a lot younger a than Randy, so yeah. I would probably imagine that that split took place before Randy went back to Oregon at this point. Yeah. So all three of these, uh, inc- sorry, including the next one now, you're about to talk about, would now have taken near place the beginning after. of November, it was um, kind of alluded to that him and Selling was actually trying to go through like couples therapy but i couldn't they couldn't do that while he's in oregon and ceilings down in cali thank you exactly so that's where i was just like i think discussions of trying to make it work or yeah yeah but i think maybe they broke it off before the business trip or like really soon afterwards but i could not find a definitive date but it was around this vicinity of time all right well so 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 take us to december 3rd of 1982 his his Final murder this time in Oregon. Yes. So that brings us to Anthony Jose Silveira. That's age- a sexy name. <laughs> That's is. a smooth name. <laughs> Anthony Jose Silveira. <laughs> age age 29. <laughs> uh, Silveira was a carpenter who was hitchhiking towards Medford, Oregon, and he had been strangled, sodomized with objects, then killed. Now, Kraft drove from Portland to Seattle to actually visit friends wearing a military jacket with the fucking name Silveria embroidered onto it. Well, we figured at this point, because again, we, we talked earlier about he one of his Portland his victims where the, he had the camera yep. that had his mother's initials on it. Yeah. We've talked about missing hands and stuff like that, even though the hands weren't found. Yep. It's now pretty safe to assume that he was smart enough to eventually abandon the keepsakes. Mm-hmm. For the most part, apart from that camera that they found. But overall, he liked to have a piece of his victims with him, probably up until the next victim, I would probably imagine at that, this point. That's what it would make you think, right. yes. Um, like I said, car, uh, his scorecard entry was either Carpenter or Portland Reserve. I couldn't find anything to distinguish it. Carpenter felt like it would f- uh, be more interesting, especially uh, according to the timeline. When he was a carpenter. Exactly. In the sequence of how he coded his list, I would assume that he wouldn't leave big gaps, but maybe. I mean, he's like, IQ of fucking 127. I don't know. Right. Well, now this next session, this next section of notes intrigues me with the <laughs> header. I'm you're, sorry. You're, you're header of the notes. We don't do this often, Dreadheads, <laughs> but it's been a long episode so far, and we're getting, we're, we got to start talking. Menage a trois in Michigan. <laughs> 
That is the header that Should Joe put on this section of notes. I don't. I, mean, I got I'm jokes, sh- motherfucker. I got I'm jokes. Sh- well, for all of our fucking Great Lakes dreadheads, if you've had a menage a trois in Michigan, leave a comment down below and let us know about it. Uh, unless it resulted in Randy Kraft's uh, outcome of his menage a trois in Michigan, in which case, go to your local authorities and find Jesus. Uh, Joe, go right ahead. December 5th. Uh, Kraft leaves Seattle mm-hmm. uh, and heads to the the, the wonderland <laughs> that is Grand Rapids, Michigan, uh, for his job. Yeah. So this is still traveling. Again, we're assuming still computer programming at this yeah. point. Because mm-hmm. obviously at this well, point... Well, at the point of, of his arrest, he was considered a computer programmer. So he is right, a computer so, yeah, programmer the, 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 at this To the point. best we can find, because someone, someone will go dig up one fucking article that says something different again. We could find little articles here and there that may contradict. We try to look. I at, don't include it as a articles. fact until I have two corroborating right. articles. Like if I can't find that, then it gets the chucked in as like a possibility. Right. We may mention it if it's intriguing enough, but otherwise we kind of leave it on. So December fifth, as I said, Kraft leaves Seattle, goes to Grand Rapids, Michigan, as part of his computer programming job. He does not wait long, dreadheads. Something about that Great Lakes air just makes him real fucking shaky. He's got to get his fix. <laughs> December 7th, 1982, we have Dennis Alt and Christopher Schoenborn. Now, Dennis and Christopher were cousins attending a seminar at the Amway Grand Plaza Hotel in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Kraft was seen in the lobby with both of them. Randy then gave them Valium and alcohol, as he likes to do. If you're out there and someone's <laughs> offering you Valium and alcohol specifically together, hell, prescriptions and alcohol. I, we yeah, we 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 Even we if don't, you have we no idea try. about fucking prescriptions. If they're trying to give you a prescription drug with alcohol, be hesitant. Yeah, we try not to judge anybody here, but stay away from fucking prescription drugs, dreadheads. Between between people like Randy Kraft and all the goddamn fentanyl out there now, you just don't fucking need it. Regardless, uh, so he gave them Valium and alcohol uh, before sodomizing them, and he inserted an ink pen into Christopher Schoenborn's urethra. Fuck. I started reading he that. He sounded him. And he I, sounded him. That's sounding. And I, I, oh. <laughs> I just, when I saw insert, I was like, great, he's putting more shit in people's asses. And you're not going to hear this often from me, dreadhead. I'd much rather someone put anything in my asshole than to put it in my fucking urethra. And yes, Joe, that is sounding. And if you guys out there don't know the Urban Dictionary terminology for sounding, God fucking help it's you. It's actually when you put an object down the re- urethra for kids the... Kids in a sandbox. Yeah. Anybody who knows about that old school For the purpose dread, of sexual gratification and expanding the re- urethra oh, hole. Oh, God. Can we get back to talking about bloating, <laughs> wet, rotting corpses as you so eloquently put it? Anyway, uh, then, of course, he did this before killing them if anybody out there wants to murder me and wants to put anything in my urethra do me a solid and fucking kill me first afterwards i'm gone do whatever the fuck you want to to this meat sack but how fucking dare you think that you could put anything in my urethra before killing me that's not fucking cool that's not cool that's not the dreadhead way uh the bodies were discovered in a field near the hotel in 
sexually suggestive positions. Now, this is also the first time, Jokes, we've, we've seen it only one other time where he took two people at once. Mm-hmm. He abandoned, uh, what was it, Kent Hill Hall? So I'm going like to cut you off because according to his scorecard, if it was chronological, there's at least two other instances where he took two victims and we still do not know who those victims are. Okay, so fair enough, but at least from what we know. No, exactly. This is now the second time he's taken two victims. He let go. Yep of kent mm-hmm. when he got a keith another keith <laughs> and he just abandoned him in a fucking parking lot at that gay bar which was again where the people saw him saw the black and white mustang and led to him actually getting brought in and that was fucking years ago and the cops didn't do anything and here we now fucking are in our timeline <laughs> but in this one he did actually kill yeah. both of them mm-hmm. so again he's got two bodies to play with and he puts them into sexually suggestive positions uh christopher uh had been strangled with his own belt uh and dennis died of asphyxiation again we're going to assume because of him giving them value and, and alcohol yeah and, stuffing the stuffing and stuff yeah. like that so there we go uh on this one the scorecard entry is GR2, which would logically be for Grand Rapids and two different victims. Exactly. So now, he I guess this was a shorter business trip because we're going, going, going <laughs> back to Portland, Oregon, which again... <laughs> There's no, there's not a single place in Oregon that's going (laughs) to make that rap line feel good, but I'm going to keep doing it because I, I'm actually not nearly as clever as most people fucking think. Uh, but again, so he was, okay, this is a short timeline. Dreadheads. He got to Grand Rapids on December 5th of 82, killed Dennis Alt and Christopher Schoenborn December 7th of 1982, December 9th of 1982. Four days after he does, after he lands in Grand Rapids, he's back in fucking Portland yep. and wastes no time with one Lane Tags, who was 19. Yeah, Tags was actually last seen in Tigard, Oregon, on his way to a relative's home in Los Angeles. So he was trying to hitchhike. And the body was actually discovered along a rural road in Clackamas County. <coughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Don't you guys worry about that. That's I was literally gonna say, don't worry, that's nothing but beer foam. Because if you look at the timestamp on how long this episode's going on, you gotta know eh, we've had more beers than what we're normally used to on this one, Dreadhead, and it got a little bit of the best thing. This is why you don't shove socks into people's mouth when you give them beer, let alone beer and volume. Sometimes exactly. that, sometimes it's that gonna froth, come back up. It's gonna little, fuck them yeah, up. It starts to fucking twinkle, twinkle a little bit down there, and you get you gotta fucking cough it out. Go ahead, you ready now? Yeah. I'm good. All right, go right, ahead. <laughs> go right ahead, Joe. So the body discovery actually was really close to Brian uh, Witcher, who actually Rainy had killed on November 29th. So he's kind of going back to right. his old dumping grounds. Now again, Toxicology showed that Valium and alcohol was in his system, and the cause of death was suffocation. Because and here we go. You're yeah. now. I'll bring it. You, you, she see. See, this is why Asians are so fucking good at notes. She remembered this. She told you earlier, dreadheads. She told me earlier that it wasn't just anal stuffing that Randy Kraft was into. Nay, nay. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah. So his cause of death was suffocation because he had shoved a sock down his fucking trachea. 
So if, if we're into the trachea, and there's that's a couple got... of victims, and I, I can't be 100% sure if I included in the notes, um, either if it was previously or it's going to come up, but there was actually like little pieces of tissue, like remnants of fibers found in the nostrils of some of his victims. So that lets you know that's what he was doing. It was from his training, like his understanding of like how the military deals with dead bodies and putrefaction. But I am right. They're saying it's in the trachea. So that's pushed really far back. Yeah. Like more than they... likely, he was starting to shove it in. He shoved it just a little too far. And it he was, was, try- kind he of was trying to like gasp for air and he swallowed and breathed it in at the same time and then Fuck. suffocated. Like uh, personally, that that's like drowning. Like, uh, that's oh, yeah, that's one of your sk- biggest things right absolute there. Absolute goddamn. Would you rather would you rather feel like you were drowning or have a spider on your face? I'd rather have a spider on my face. Wow. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. We'll get into more of that later, Dreadheads. Not this episode. <laughs> We're running short on time. Now, but, his yeah, entry was scorecard. Uh, his scorecard entry was Portland, Hawaii. And my only understanding of that was that either he at some point he was, I guess, in Hawaii or yeah, a like parent Lane was, Tags talked about being Hawaii. Maybe he was uh, a Hawaiian had a born. Parent who was Hawaiian. Yeah, I could Maybe not. Maybe he was just really brown and <laughs> glistened in the sun like one of those Hawaiians. <laughs> Or like a Samoan. That wrist and work you're doing yes. right now that the dreadheads can't I know. This is, why we don't, this is why we don't live stream. We don't live stream Which because we, we eventually issue. will, dreadheads. But anyway, back to it. Just so you could see this wrist flick because it's it's glorious. That's that's fine. That's fine. Glor- <laughs> glorious though it may be, it's not as glorious as me being able to finally say that Randy Kraft is going, going, going. <laughs> back to Cali, Cali, Cali again, dreadheads. January 27th. Of 1983. Victim is Eric Church, not the cool country singer that we right? actually like, who's from around the Carolinas, but this is Eric Church, 21 years old. He was last seen hitchhiking to Sacramento. So now we're talking Northern Cali. Most of the other shit's taking place again around Long Beach, SoCal area. His body was discovered along the I 605. With rope marks on his wrist, so again, we got some bondage, binding going on there. Blunt force trauma to the right side of the head, so we're Mm -hmm. getting some callbacks to the 31 flavors and then some fucking hit that he (laughs) did up in Portland. Nice Annie DeFranco reference. That's a goddamn Baskin Robbins (laughs) reference. You leave you leave that Lilith Fair playing whore out of this fucking conversation. I don't care if you like her or not. Anyway, go ahead. I like ice cream. No, you go ahead. Um, No, I was gonna. I was just saying you. Well, I wasn't saying go ahead. You go go on. Sit over there and vape. so he had blunt force trauma to the right side of his head. Uh, obviously, he had, well, not obviously, but he had signs of being raped and, again, evidence of strangulation, which, again, goes back to uh, the, probably the most consistent thing about Randy Kraft at this point. And, again, it's not always, yeah. but one of the most consistent things, yep. apart from them being men, is that he, the killing, the, the killing them blow. with drugs and alcohol. Yes, Absolutely. I will say, yeah, that's another MO of the drugs and alcohol, but also the, the final thing being strangulation them to death uh toxicology again showed uh volume and alcohol this one though joe explain mm-hmm. it to me because this one doesn't have a known scorecard entry so why is this one attributed to randy Kraft and what you saw because there was evidence at his home linking him to it and because it's near the end of his murders they feel like they may he may have accidentally skipped his entry on the scorecard not or by the, randy Kraft. exactly they just so don't I know which one bullshit. of those 16 that are listed they exactly. just don't know which one he Fucking is exactly they don't okay. know enough about eric church to link him up to one of the, what is on the scorecard well he sings about talladega 
Was there anything <laughs> no, in there about Talladega? No. All right. Well, fair enough then. If you guys don't listen to country, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Uh, I'm from the South, and even though we I listen love, to it part time, yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. just, it's just, you know, it's in my country roots. is like I don't know the Southern emo. Yeah, it is. It's in my roots, and sometimes my roots have boots. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> February 12th of 1983. That's two years to the day before your fucking most dreadful host, John, was born, which is yes. February 12th of 1985. Uh, if you remember that next year, send cash. Because, uh, again, <laughs> I, these fucking kids. Uh, we've got Roger Duvall, age 20, and Jeffrey Nelson, age 19. Uh, yeah, eight, eight, 18. Sorry, actually. 18. Yeah, 18. yeah, yeah. yeah that, uh, that eights don't look like nines. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> Go ahead, Joe. You got my eyes. Nelson's body was actually discovered on an off-ramp near Garden Grove Freeway. He'd been emasculated, strangled, and showing signs of being actually, again, pushed from a moving vehicle. Now, Duvall's body was discovered near Mount Baldy. <laughs> that sounds sexual. <laughs> <laughs> he was bound, <sighs> raped, and strangled with a cord. She said baldy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Both, <laughs> both were found with alcohol and propanol in their systems. Now, that's a new one to me. What is pro propanol? <laughs> God damn it, you're fucking I king of the hill. Propan, propan. Well, it is P-R-O-P-R-A-N-O-L-O-L. And that's not a ha-ha L-O-L. It literally is. So Off how do you pronounce it the best you, that you would say? Propanol. Propanol. Okay, yeah. you I think roughly... it's a barbiturate. I mean, that seems uh, to be I don't the... know. Y'all, pharmacology was the fucking worst class I've ever taken in my entire goddamn life. I barely passed that class with a B. I can safely say this. And, and I, it's because gonna... of the spellings and shit. Like... And I always want to like try to break everything down, but like the 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 uh, prefix and the suffix, right? Yeah, pharmacology is not like that. I will digress very quickly because this episode's long for everyone. Because Joe's smart, you uh, you no, guys I'm fucking not. you know he just she me on a is. Your book stuff, your book smart, very much so. Everyone fucking knows this. You got a bachelor's in psych, and you're getting a fucking LPN. You're fucking smart. You're smart. <laughs> Take the fucking compliment. You're smart. <laughs> However, it because you have nursing students that you talk to that are also smart, that are doing well, you guys, I'm going to tell you what, you better start viewing nurses as fucking human beings because I'm going to tell you all what, every nurse you encounter, A, will save your life, B, they have a weakness. Yep. And oh, yeah. with with Joe, it is prescription drug yep. pronunciations. Yep. And, but there's some of them. The math ain't good for them. Like, thank God for calculators and fucking computers. Well, Otherwise, see, I'm good in math. It's just no. You are because yeah. you're Asian. Well, half Asian. <laughs> but I'm saying some of the some of the nursing student friends you talk to again, oh, yeah. they're passing. They're 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 We've great, had they're several that have failed just because but of the they math. all have their one week. There's yeah. that one class where you'll be like, oh, so and so ain't doing good, mm -hmm. and then I'll be like, you talked about how great they were at something that's really complex you know, everybody like, yeah. has a weakness no, so i just think that's hilarious when you go to the hospital pick your nurse's brain a little bit and, and be cool with with 
they may not know the answer to one of those or things don't, legitimately. Don't, say, don't pick them apart if they go up to the fucking computer and it's like, oh, I don't know how to answer that. I'm willing to look oh, it up because you do have the databases inside Christ, the hospital. Yes. That computer is there to save you from the nurses. <laughs> and the doctors, too. Oh, fuck yeah. yeah I'll those take, doctors I'll a, especially. I'll take a nurse over a doctor any day unless they're going to like <laughs> operate on my brain. Anyway, I said I digress. So, all right. Ro- uh, so, Roger Duvall and Jeffrey Nielsen so were both of them emasculated and strangulated and pushed from a car or was that just Nelson that was just Nelson and Duvall's body That's was right, discovered okay. yeah he was bound right Mount strangled Baldy, right. with a cord uh, with a cord and they both had alcohol and the propanol in their system and their scorecard entry was two in one beach, beach. Now, this immediately brings us into Randy Kraft's last hurrah and his arrest. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I mean, at this point, it's May 14th of 1983. <laughs> Dreadheads, I feel like I've talked for 13 years at this point. <laughs> we haven't done an episode this long since it was like fucking lockdown and we had nothing else to fucking to do. do. <laughs> but thank you all for hanging in there. And hopefully it's been fucking entertaining, 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 entertaining. And if it hasn't Says been the sixth beer, in. <laughs> I don't know what number we're on anymore. I don't, I don't even know. I don't know what number of beers, what number of victims at this point. <laughs> Let's press on either. May 14th of 1983. We have Terry Lee Gambrell, age 25. Now, Gambrell was, surprise, surprise, a fucking Marine stationed at, surprise, surprise, El Toro Air Base, which sounds like the badassest, most air base oh, ever. Yeah, no, El Toro. Yeah. I think yeah. that means bull. The bull. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Sexy as fuck, though. I'll tell you that. Again, I'm just, I can't tell if it's my temps rising for the alcohol consumption at this point or because Randy Kraft has sexy victims. <laughs> California Highway Patrol witnessed a Toyota Celica gross uh, driving like a drunken fucking fool uh, uh, going, you know, while this was going on. Kraft, Randy, uh, gets pulled over. He's wheeling. He went from a black and white Mustang to a Toyota Celica. I know. <laughs> My, how the mighty have fucking fallen <laughs> at this point. Uh, so Randy gets pulled over in a Toyota. I don't know. A Toyota Celica is like, even to this day, is like a great no, the, the, car. The, even the, in the Toyota Celica that Randy Kraft got pulled over is still on the road in California in what 2020. What car was it I had in fucking, like when we lived on It was Shandami. a Toyota. Was it a Celica? Celica. It was an Accord. It was really old. And it had ants. Yeah. It had the ant problem. It had a bad ant problem. But I only paid $300 for that car and sold it for 400 Yeah. Well, no. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, because you you got rid of the ants. So it was worth <laughs> You got rid of the more. ants. I was cool with the ants. I didn't. It, the ants never bothered me. They were black ants. And they didn't I'm, bite you. I'm they just the crawled your legs. I'm not the hairiest person, but I do have some leg hair. And there is nothing more dangerous <laughs> than being in a $300 Toyota vehicle going 80 miles an hour down a fucking interstate and suddenly a black <gasps> ant tickles your fucking oh, leg. I digress. I think that's the same fucking car when I got pulled over on fucking Sharon Amity coming home. Is that what that, the bee? No, the ant. The, the, no, the ant. The spider, the spider dropped the, from the ceiling. The spider dropped from the fucking ceiling and I literally just barely fucking put that son of a bitch in park and just got out screaming and a cop was right behind me and he was just like, what's wrong out of his fucking Spears like a spider, a big fucking spider. And just so they're swatting it, just freaking out. And then when he saw it, it was a fucking black widow. And he's like, okay, I'm going to let you. He saw it was black. <laughs> you know, How he many saw shots the... did he fire into that car because <laughs> of the black spider he saw? <laughs> oh, that's terrible, John. 
Especially in Charlotte. Because uh, <laughs> we were living in Charlotte. It's way more accurate if you think about Charlotte. I don't but know if anyone way. else knows about Charlotte, but there was some protests going on. <laughs> yes. Because someone, th- yeah, anyway. Yeah. But, yeah. Either way, I digress. It was a spider. I didn't get a fucking ticket. He saw that spider and he went, holy shit, you're good. And yeah. let me go home. <laughs> so not only do we live the dread and report on the dread, we've driven the dread, dreadheads. We lived in the dread. We lived in a hood that of was Charlotte. A, that was a rough time anyway (laughs) randy gets pulled over in this toyota celica and the cops notice his pants are undone if you get pulled over and you can do one thing zip your goddamn pants yes button them up whatever you got to do that's going to stop a lot of excess questions (laughs) that the cops are inevitably and rightfully going to have uh his pants were undone and they had him do a sobriety test which he fucking failed this first test in his life he's failed he passed so many of them with flying colors he fails this one right you don't fucking go bobbing and weaving in a toyota celica unless you are piss ripped (laughs) Uh, noticing uh, his, he had an unresponsive passenger with him, the other patrolman uh, went around and checked on him, and he saw beer and pills on the floorboard near his feet. He uh, then removed the jacket, and the dude had his fucking dick out. So he's passed out, fucking just airing out what God gave him <laughs> under a jacket. Randy's pissed, drunk. He's driving a Celica, he so that's randomly strike. and just haphazardly throws a fucking jacket over top of him. Yes. Thinking on top of all of this, the 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 unresponsive passenger, i.e., Terry Lee Gambrell, also had his wrists bound, and he had a ligature mark around his neck. Mm-hmm. Now. There is a uh, the 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 scorecard entry for this is unknown, and this may legitimately be probably the only one that Randy did not get to list. Most likely because he was caught with the body in his yeah. car. Mm-hmm. Now uh, they ended up retrieving evidence from uh, the the shitty Toyota Celica that Randy Kraft was wheeling. Well, mind you, that Toyota Celica may have been brand goddamn new with that fucking ear. So it may have been like I've high never end seen at a that new point. Celica. I've seen a lot of exactly. Celicas. They've never, never seen been a brand new. new one. They don't sell new Celicas. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how. I don't know how they do that or whatever. But it's it, Toyotas are fucking geniuses with that. So they found a belt that marched the, the sorry that matched the marks on Gambrell's necks. They also again found the beer. They found the tranquilizers, stimulants, and other various pills in the car. Uh, there was also a blood. There was blood stains on the passenger seat and the floorboard carpet on that side as well. Uh, when they finally removed and tested the carpet, this led to the, the to the discovery of an envelope with fifty Polaroids of various men in various sexual positions, appearing to either be passed out. Or dead when the photos were taken. They also found a three-ring binder with a handwritten list of 61 coded annotations, i.e. the the scorecard. 61 dreadheads. This has been a long episode, but we have not covered 61 (laughs) victims. It's felt like it. I'll agree. You've heard it. This has been long and not easy on any of us. But we've covered... We've I covered, tried my best, goddammit. But we've covered maybe half of them, mm-hmm. roughly. And then there's still 16 out of this 61, as Joe mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. that are still completely unfucking known. Yep. And we're in 2023. 
so there was then some more evidence that was, you know, checked out. Yeah, they found. got a warrant because yeah, they were like, okay, this yeah. is just a suspicious yeah. set. We're going to, we want to go look at the house. Right. And in his home, the clothes and personal artifacts from men killed in the last fucking decade, obviously it fucking appeared. Including that camera from the one of his Portland victims that had the initials of, of his, his mother mom. on it. Exactly. Now, fibers, like, again, we talked about one of his victims. Yes, I said to commit that to memory, dreadheads. Yep. Here we go. Yep. I know you've forgotten. Pause, rewind. I don't know where it's at in all of this. I don't fucking know. Listen twice. We've drank too much. (laughs) But the fibers from a rug matching the fibers found on Scott Hughes's body Ah, was discovered. Gotcha. Now, Kraft's couch was actually pictured in numerous of these. I said Polaroids in our notes, but I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, pictures. This was again with the binder. They had an envelope that had the Polaroids in it. Exactly. Now, there was also a roll of film that was discovered where it depicted Eric Church as well as Roger Duvall sitting in Kraft's car. Now, I'm hoping that they're talking about his sweet-ass black-and-white Mustang and not the <laughs> shitty Toyota Celica that for some reason he has. I I, I don't know. That's, that's, that's Well, I have, I have a feeling that Kraft got... He ditched that fucking Mustang because well, it was right. too easy to, to depict you're it. Right. So the Toyota Celica was a pretty popular vehicle by that point. But a black-and-white fucking Mustang, especially like the prominence well, of already red... Pulled, but they had already pulled the plates. He got brought in yeah. with it. You're, you're right. I honestly didn't put that together. As smart as Robert... Craft is, I am sure that Mustang was sold was, within days absolutely, after he got pulled in. Absolutely. All right. So now this takes us, though, Dreadheads, finally to the trial. So obviously he's arrested. They've caught him with tons of fucking evidence yep. at this point. He is fucking dead to rights. This was all done and went down in 1983. We're now at September 26th of 1988 and the trial is taking place in Orange County, Absolutely. California. Yeah, so during this trial, there was 160 fucking witnesses brought to fucking Where were witness. they between all this? So far, we've it's only reported... It's scavenging. It's I know, that, but like so that far, we've only, had, we only have two witnesses that have really interfered with this timeline when he had Keith and Kent in his car and he dumped so it with the, the black say, and white so like, Fair I, enough. I must say, I couldn't find anything else, but we have 160 witnesses. We have a thousand plus exhibits of evidence. This includes memorabilia from victims. Pictures of victims, fibers matching victims, uh, fi- or, or excuse yeah, me, the carpet fibers, fibers that matching, were matching fibers on victims. Right, that were from Randy Kraft's house. Yes, exactly. There was tools like belts, garrots, knives, you know, the whole gamut. Now, the defense, quote unquote, said no concrete evidence because... Which is silly because everything you just listed sounded like really concrete evidence. <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> So the concrete evidence only connected him to like a certain percentage of the victims. And what they're talking about is the other percentage, like trying to put in reasonable doubt because there was alibis. There was alternate suspects. Patrick Kearney and William Bonin were both active in over, overlapping areas and time periods. Right, you brought that up earlier. And, and that's where I think that Kraft... That he, was, he was hearing, maybe hearing about some of the yep. other stuff in the news and was like, well, let me throw some of that in on mine. Exactly. Exactly. It's fucking I, smart as shit. I know, I, but there's so much I'm evidence. I'm not trying to they, glorify him no, at all, but no. I'm like, holy fuck, that's really goddamn smart. He, he was keeping up with shit. He, I mean, obviously, he. I think at this point in our... In, we're 
on episode 58, at this point, he's the smartest killer we've had. Yeah. Because, oh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I yeah. Mean, yeah. Further proof, he, he got away up. with it for 13 years. Yep. And it's not like he was he was pulling a BTK and stopping for multiple nope. years at he a time. He was changing active. his MO yeah. just slightly enough to be like, oh, it'll be, you know, it'll be uh, sequestered off to Which be part scary, of Which is scary because he's psychotic and he's smart. Yeah. That is scary. Quite literally a deadly combination in yeah, this absolutely. case. Absolutely. Now, the trial lasted 13 months and it was actually the most expensive in or- Origin County's Orange County's history up until this point. Again, that makes sense when you're talking about, again, there's 61 names listed. Yep. We've discussed at least close to 30 in our notes. Yeah. There's 16 that in 2020, well, up until 20, 2007. I really should have counted before we did this. <laughs> fair enough. But what, I mean, God damn, at this point, if anyone asks how many did he kill, he killed a lot. Yeah. <laughs> He killed provably a lot of fucking people. And then if they're like, well, yeah, but how many? Be like, hey, here's the link to this episode. If you can get past their crass humor and their swearing, black pastors in Louisiana love them. So if you don't, you hate Jesus and black people. And that's something that, you you know, you need to work on. Go ahead, Joe. Now, the closing arguments actually started on April 29th of 1989, and they lasted three fucking days. Yeah, three days of closing art, closing of the prosecution yes. and on the average, defense. Yeah, on average for both. That's a lot of summarization going on. They're trying to reiterate <laughs> everything to this jury, and it's taking him three days in court to do. So that's, much goddamn that's evidence. That's a lot. Yes. So on May 12th of 1989, Kraft was found guilty of... 16 counts of murder, one count of sodomy, and one count of emasculation. On August 11th of 1989, uh, Kraft was sentenced to death. On August 9th, 2000, the California Supreme Court upheld this verdict. So he was appealing, he was appealing, and the Supreme Court was like, no, fuck you, you're going to goddamn die. Right, and this is in California, by the way. We all know every... (laughs) California is liberal as a motherfucker. No no, no disparity to any of our Cali dreadheads, but I mean, if there's a single state where you're pretty sure you could actually get arrested with this much evidence... And and not be sentenced to die? It it would be fucking California. So goddamn lutely. So so as of this episode, Kraft is actually still sitting on death row at San Quentin State fucking prison. Right. So in San Quentin, that's a fucking famous one right there. And a yeah. lot of famous serial killers. I really have think it's a there. max. I think it's a max security. So he's oh, I mean, maybe he's yeah, only he's getting twenty three hours. He's getting twenty three hours, pretty much a solitary confinement, and one hour of um, detention time. Or um, yeah, he's, he gets to walk around time. the cage for an hour. Yeah, and all of like his two, meals are served. Yeah, which, again, this piece of shit. Above. Again, we can sit here and talk about how he smart should he already was. fucking be dead. He should have never even got a chance to fucking appeal no. at year two thousand. He, he should have been dead like by right. I don't know ninety five. But for the purpose of this episode, it's cool that he did because again, that gave us the most updated stuff. A lot of stuff was found. A lot of families were able to finally get a little bit of closure because of that happening. And so, you know, more stuff was dug into, which is why we have the most updated information that we have as of 2007. Who knows? Again, this episode could be outdated a year from now. I don't know. Again, this is 2023, but that's what we have. So real quick before we close, Joe, I I want you to dive into these some of these additional connections. Yeah. So there are still to this day 16 unconnected victims that actually have been connected, obviously, by his scorecard. Now, on September 29th of 1974, it was linked with uh, James uh, Sean Scott's murder. of uh, He was age 17. His entry was Navy White. 
right? So now these these three that you're about to mention, mm-hmm. these were unknown at the time. Are yes. they now are they now linked yes, to the they scorecard are connected now. since that 2000 appeal yes. that kind of got the interest back and, and more of this was known? So now it was, From which my was understanding, updated. Yes. Yeah, yeah, to the best of your knowledge, which was updated up through 2007. Yeah. So these were three that, they, that was never mentioned in the trials or any of he that. He was never nature. convicted of them. It was right. never connected again, to him. We, we know this dreadheads when we talk about trials. So they have evidence. Again, we've talked about at least 30 probably, but he was only convicted on 16. When they have enough to get him convicted, they really don't worry so much initially about that count. It's important to go ahead and get him life in jail, mm-hmm. death sentence, what have you, the and all that penalty. stuff. The max penalty. Once he gets max penalty, can, everything's extra. Right, but, but then, then a, but it's a lot still of not times, closed cases, which I it's hate. Not, it's not, which thankfully one of our Patreon dreadheads, Marty, mm-hmm. actually posted up that roughly 50% of homicides yeah. in the U.S. are still going unsolved. Like a they, fucking third world actually, goddamn country. the percentage is going down. We, we, we're actually solving less homicides mm-hmm. now than what we were. But go ahead because we need to mention these three victims' names before we close out. Yep. September 29th of 1974, James Sean Scott, 17, was finally linked to the scorecard entry Navy White. Yes. November 10th, 1974. Again, this is when the murders were, you know, took place. Yeah. Or the bodies discovered, yeah. We're assuming these were part of the updated list that happened sometime between his appeal in 2000 up until the most updated scorecard uh, information we could find, which was in 2007. November 10th of 1974, Oral Alfred Stewart Jr., age 18, scorecard entry Iowa. Mm-hmm. And finally, January 13th of 1975, David Michael Sant, age 30, another scorecard entry with the name Hari Kari, Mm -hmm. again, possibly a misspelling of Hari Kiri. Mm -hmm. So we don't know. No. We fucking don't know, Dre. It's almost been two fucking hours. (laughs) And we do not know. Pardon my outburst. But God damn it, it's been a long time here, Dreadheads. But we are finally at the end of Epi... You may have heard that beer crack in the background. I do not know why that my... That so my beer. Why my fucking hetero life partner of almost two decades thought that now she deserved another beer. However... I deserve a beer after this this many goddamn pages And you of did notes. take these notes. And God bless you. You took great notes. This is going to be a fan... six goddamn hours. This is, I promise you, this is going to be... This is going to go down on our, our history as one of our most played episodes. You did fantastic research. Thanks. But... <laughs> It's the fucking time to wrap this goddamn thing up, Dreadheads. Yeah. All right. Thank y'all so much for listening to a very deep, in-depth, I promise you, Dreadheads, we don't often pull off great episodes like this, <laughs> but this is a good one, as we like to say in the South. Episode 58, Randy Kraft, the scorecard killer. We want to give really quick a shout out to our awesome Dreadhead patrons, sophomore Dreadhead Phantom Atropos, junior Dreadheads Chris O and Casey J, and senior Dreadhead Christopher R. Do not forget, if you want to financially support the Dread, and I mean, God damn, after this one, don't you think we need it? The beer budget We have alone. so many kids. <laughs> Three kids. <laughs> Uh, not crippling alcoholism, but a pretty, a pretty, a pretty expensive alcoholism at this point. 
head on over to uh, patreon.com slash spread the dread podcast, or you can go to spread the dread podcast.com. That's way easier. And you'll find everything about us there. Links to all the podcast platforms, YouTube, BitChute, uh, our store. <laughs> Definitely check out our store. Gets you a t-shirt and some stickers and fucking rep the dread no matter where you go. And of course, you'll find links to our Patreon no matter what tier you donate at, you're going to get access to the exclusive Patreon uh, Discord. No matter what tier, you're going to get access to all that, and it is fucking buck wild in there. You're going to have a blast <laughs> in there. You're going to have. You're going to. You're going to get. You're going to fucking come and vibe with your tribe. You'll find out if you're a snowflake or not. I promise you that. That's just just if you come in, stay out of the meme section. That the meme section gets really bad, and it makes me not like some of our dreadheads as much as I normally do. <laughs> but then we have good conversations, and I'm like, oh, they're real people with fucked up senses of humor. Of course, they're my people. Yeah. But again, no matter what tier, you're going to get access to that. Uh, there's tiers for free monthly merch. And if you're uh, doing this in February or March, which this is going up March 1st, you're going to get a free. Uh, if you go $10 or higher, you get to spread the dread. Uh, podcast button and a fright flick fuck Mary kill button we got some cool stickers cooking up for march do not forget to continue supporting episode 57 where we talk about the sunset strip killers we just released a brand new talking dread where i interview horror author james harberson the third thank you for supporting the last fright flick fuck Mary kill where we talked about skin and rink if you haven't checked that out make sure you do it on youtube and if you're on youtube make sure that you like subscribe comment and share help us out with that algorithm and again the upcoming fright flick fuck mary kill is going to be for grotesque it is our patreon pick again if you're in our if you're in our fucking discord you get to pick a fucked up a really fucked up movie every month that me and my big bro jay take care of and this month the dreadheads were absolute cunt waffles and picked (laughs) grotesque a movie i've avoided for 10 years and now i've got to finally do it Blue waffles, twat waffles, cunt nuggets. Every one of you, I fucking hate you. Don't you dare stop giving us money. Don't worry. Uh, I'm not looking forward to it either because I know I'll get suckered into watching it with you because I love horror in general, but... This I'm one's looking, a rough one. And yeah, I, I'm not and looking that's just forward what to I it know. either. I'm but I'm looking actually looking forward, forward to like fucking with you during the movie. Yeah, so I'm going to try to not have a panic attack. So you guys make sure that you, uh, again, if you if you want to be a part of that, we put a monthly poll. That's just another thing. But again, I don't want to keep you guys any longer. Patreon.com slash Spread the Dread podcast. And you can see all the benefits that you have over there. Uh, and oh, and I want to go ahead and announce on the 13th of March will be another episode of Talking Dread. I was oh, lucky enough to sit down yeah. with a really fucked up filmmaker, YouTuber, and podcast that I fucking fanboyed over a little bit, Mr. <laughs> Jonathan Doe. The new episode of Talking Dread is going to be up there. If you're into extreme cinema and extreme stuff, you are definitely going to want to check that interview out. So mark your calendars for March 13th. Joe, that's it. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? Yes. All Thank right. God. <laughs> Thank you guys for hanging in with us. And hopefully you, uh, you, you don't think this was two hours not well spent. But before we take a second longer of your time, let's close out by saying I'm John. And I'm Joe. And you guys know it's fucked up out there. So as always, make sure you leave the dread to us. You stay proud. You stay powerful. You stay positive. And no matter if it's morning, noon, or night, or what you're doing while you listen to this, or what you're about to do once you're done, be a real fucking dreadhead and get out there and wreck that shit. Why don't you start right now and get the fuck out of here?